This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast.
What's happening, everybody? Welcome in to ACC Tailgate on a Thursday. You are watching uh, Chris Landry Football here on Twitch. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, it is a pleasure to be with you once again, as always. Uh, I'm your host, Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilburn Gold. Right there's the handle. Boom, boom. Uh, how's everybody doing? How's everybody doing? Uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Got my cup of coffee over here. Got my cup of lemon water over there. We're got the Bounty Hunter shirt on. Bada boom, bada bing. We're rocking. A uh, lot to get into today. Quite a bit of uh, NFL stuff uh, I kind of wanted to get into. Uh, as always, be sure to get in on the comments uh, so we can interact live on air. I love hearing from you guys. Love getting to know you guys even more. Love continuing to grow this community here um, uh, on Chris Landry football. So let's keep doing that. Um, so I kind of wanted to start with some ACC stuff real real fast since, you know, oh, I don't know. This is an ACC show. Um, so obviously Coach Hubert Davis, new head coach of the Tar Heels, basketball, obviously. Um, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the hire. I'm a little surprised at, now granted, they're not Tar Heel fans. The people I'm talking about, they're like NC State fans and, you know, fans of other teams. But I'm very excited about what Hubert Davis is potentially going to do. Uh, I got a lot of confidence in him. I think he, you know, and I told you guys this already, you know, the more I got to know him, I didn't know anything about him, you know, leading into, you know, him getting the job and, you know, going through that transition. I didn't know anything about him, never heard a word out of his mouth before. But the more I listened to him, heard people like Jay Billis and Seth Greenberg talk about him, I was like, okay, this guy was the, this was the only choice for the job or the best choice for the job, I should say. But um, because he just, he has Tar Heel blood running through his veins, you know, the brand of the Tar Heels is running through his veins. Like he just, he's a Tar Heel through and through. And that's the type of guy when you have such a tradition, like, you know, the Tar Heels do in basketball, like Duke has in basketball, like Alabama has in football, like Clemson has developed in football. You want somebody to come in that understands the room, understands um, the context of the program, understands the flavor of the program. You want somebody that that just naturally gets that. You know, it's not to say, you know, somebody that's kind of an outsider and a great coach couldn't come in, but ideally you want somebody who could be a great coach and they are a Tar Heel. They are a Blue Devil. You know, Jeff Capel, we'll see one day when Coach K retires. You know, Alabama, you, know, you want somebody that just has it. They, they are contextual to that program. There was no other way to go. Um, so I'm excited. And um, I'm excited to see what he's going to do on the coaching front. You know, obviously, we've been, you know, I've been ranting about just him as a person and him, you know, a, you know, a great fit for the Tar Heel brand in general. But I genuinely think he's going to be a good coach. I think his guys are really going to respect him. Uh, and I think and he, he was already doing that, by the way, as an assistant coach. So that's a factor as well. But I got to tell you, over the weekend, my respect as we I think I saw a new viewer come in. So welcome in. I uh, hope you're doing good. Um, my respect went up for me even more over the weekend. I got to start with this. So I think, well, I don't, not I think, I know uh, uh, playoffs, the, the tournament for uh, NCAA softball is 
going on currently, I think. I don't think it's over. I haven't been keeping up with it, so don't quote me on that. But um, Duke has had a pretty good year in softball this year. I think they're one of the better teams in the nation. Um, I think they were in the ACC title game. I don't know if they won it or not. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. I think they might have been playing Clemson for the ACC title. Maybe? Anywho, um, I was, because remember, while that was going on, I was engulfed in NCAA uh, soccer, so I was, I was in that cocoon, so, but he was on some type of interview uh, in New York, Madison Square Garden Radio or TV, I don't know, Uh, he was on some interview, and I think they were talking about Duke softball specifically, um, I think, Um, and they wrapped up the interview, Uh, the interviewer asked, all right, coach, give me one word to describe Duke University. And Coach Davis says, and I quote, second place. He's in. He's the man for the job. I don't know what else to tell you. Um, So this happened last night. So obviously, uh, if you follow such things, you know, uh, Kenny Main uh, did his last show last night on, you know, late night sports center, that type deal. Um, and he had, you know, a lot of different people on, had Marshawn Lynch on, but he also had Aaron Rodgers on. It's one of the few that I know of interviews that he's done since obviously the bomb drop that he, you know, was disgruntled and once out of Green Bay and this and that. This is kind of his first, I don't know if it's his first appearance, because I don't know that it is, but it's one of his main appearances since that came out. Um, and, you know, the, the vibe that I took, you know, because um, I know I have this, you know when you have a person you're talking to or a friend you have or some just somebody you know that you're trying to get information or get an answer about something from them, and they, they're just blowing smoke up your rear end in a very, um, I'm trying to figure out the best way to describe this. It's like when you try, for example, I'll be trying to ask my buddy something, like I need an answer from, like I need to figure out something, and I'm actually trying to be serious for once in our lives uh, about something. And you know, it's the typical, your mom, or like, just beat around the book. Like, he, I can't get an answer out of him. Like, I, like, it's like no serious bone in his body right this second. Like, I can't get an answer out of him, no matter what I ask. And the more, like, I'm trying, like, can you give me something? The, the more, like, goofy he gets, something like that. That was the vibe that I kind of picked up from that Aaron Rodgers. Now, obviously, it was a genuine interview because Aaron Rodgers likes Kenny Mayne. And, you know, that's, that's, again, and I've talked about this a lot, that's one thing uh, that I really like these days more so than the traditional, you know, ESPN, you know, media type stuff, is I like listening to podcasts. I like listening. I love Pat McAfee's show. And obviously he's had Aaron Rodgers on because Aaron Rodgers is pretty tight with those guys. Or Cam Newton's uh, new show, uh, Sip and Smoke, I think it is. Or, you know, Brandon Marshall uh, with his I Am Athlete podcast. Like, I love listening to stuff like that because the athletes – 
whoever they have on, they're usually so much more genuine with them because they're just chilling. They're just having convo. They actually have a mutual respect for each other. And that was, you know, kind of what the deal was with Aaron Rodgers and Kenny Mayne. And it's like, they're just more open. They're more, they're more fun. They're more open. They're more relaxed as opposed to having somebody just poking at them. And you know, there's an agenda behind this interview. It's like, it's so much better. You're going to get so much more out of the interview. Uh, and it just, it goes better. And that's why I've, I've got to the point. I'd rather just listen to a podcast to, you know, learn things about people and, I just like it better. That's how I would conduct a podcast. I mean, that's how I try to conduct this one. I mean, I just, I just try to talk to you guys like we're like we're homies. Like we're just you know we're you know we just we're like that. You know, I I, I don't think I'm better than anybody, and I I I just we're chilling. We're hanging out over here, and that's I I would like to eventually start my own like legit podcast where like I have one guest on and interview people, and that's how that's how I want it to be because like I want it to be like we're just hanging out, we're just chilling. Like I'm not over here asking you a bazillion questions, you know, with an agenda, like we're just talking, we're hanging out. Like the time flies, like we're just chilling together. So that's how I would and will eventually run a podcast here. Probably not in the too distant future, but I digress. Um, So they were just kind of, you know, the first bit of it was a lot of just kind of fluff from Aaron Rodgers, basically trying to put the attention back on Kenny Mayne because it was his last show again. Um, but when they finally did, you know, I think the interview was maybe like usually segments are like 10, 12-ish, maybe, you know, nine on a short one, minutes long. This was, I think it was like 10-ish minutes long or something like that. And I think they may have gotten in the middle like a three to five minute little bit of it where they were talking. Most of it was not talking about you know, serious topics about Green Bay, but they, there was a tiny little piece where Aaron basically said it was not, it's what has going has transpired. It's not about Jordan Love. He doesn't have an issue with Jordan Love. And I, I think too many people or people in the media have tried to make this like Aaron Rodgers is toxic towards Jordan Love. And it's just not the case. Jordan, it's not Jordan Love's fault where he gets drafted. It's not. I mean, it's not Jordan Love's fault that the Packers moved up to get him. It's not Jordan Love's fault that the Packers moved up to get Aaron Rodgers' replacement, essentially, as opposed to get him another weapon the year after they go to the NFC title game, which is part of the problem here. Aaron Rodgers said it's never been about him, but what it is about, it's it's about the people. Because he said, you know, organizations are made up of people. And it's true. Like, you, you don't have the stars. You don't have as many people watching. Like, like the Packers, in you know, back to back NFC title game, not in the position they're in without Aaron Rodgers. The Seahawks are not in the position they've been in over the last decade without Russell Wilson. It's just not the case. Um, and, um, you know, businesses, organizations, you know, they're nothing without the people within them. You know, they're nothing without the stars, the star performers that are in them. You're not. You know what I mean? Like, I, so I think that's just where Aaron Rodgers is at. He, he, he's after a certain level of, I guess, treatment and respect with the caliber of player he is um, that he's not been getting from the Packers. And so that was basically the main gist of what he had to say was this isn't about Jordan Love. This isn't about this is about the people in here and basically by people talking about himself and how he would like 
to be treated, um, you know, whether that's weapons to surround him with. And obviously they've had good ones, but when you're at, when you go to the NFC title game back-to-back years, you're, you're, you're only a piece away or when you don't even tell Aaron Rodgers that you're drafting a quarterback, obviously you don't have to tell him anything. You can do whatever you want, but good organizations are going to communicate with their star performers. It's that simple. And they're going to ask for their input. Like, what do you think? Like, what do you need? Like, what do we need to do to make this even better? They're going to have that level of communication. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do anything, but you're going to lose as a, as a result of it down the road. Um, so we'll see. I mean, and I just, you know, a lot of people have uh, tried to call Aaron Rodgers a diva because of having that. I don't think you're a diva because you want standards. I don't think you're a diva to demand standards. I just don't. I don't think Russell Wilson's a diva because he wants his O-line to be better and stop running for his life. Um, I don't think, now obviously Deshaun Watson's got other issues now, but initially I don't think Deshaun Watson is a diva to want to get out of a toxic situation that saw DeAndre. You literally went over in Houston from the NFC divisional title, um, or sorry, AFC. You literally went from a contender in the playoffs to, I think, did they go to the AFC title game that year? No, maybe? No, it was the Titans uh, and the Chiefs. That was the, so the, yeah, I had it right. The divisional game, uh, you know, Texans, Chiefs. You go from that caliber of a contender in the playoffs to literally a year later, your team is stripped and it's just a mess. I mean, Hopkins is gone. J.J. Watt is gone. Which it's funny because you don't hear those guys. You, you, nobody's called JJ Watt a diva because he wanted to get out. Like it just, I don't know. There's a reason divorces are a thing. You can't force somebody to stay in a time. I mean, and, and not especially when that person, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, a little bit less so now because of everything else going on in the background. But that's besides the point. It's like if you have the leverage. And Aaron Rodgers has all the leverage here. Don't kid yourself. He's the MVP. Uh, they wouldn't even be in the position that they're in without him. Like, he has all the leverage. He has some of the biggest stones in the NFL. I love Aaron Rodgers, by the way. I love, like, listening to him just finagle the media and make, and, and just get them talking about stuff like that. Because he has to just be sitting back and just, like... Because, he again, he has all the leverage here. Um so, and when you have the leverage and you're in a bad spot or you're in a spot you want to potentially get out of, I don't think it's being a diva to demand standards. I don't think it's a diva to say, hey, can we get some, uh, just that extra little something that'll get us, get us to the Super Bowl at least? I don't think Russell Wilson's a diva by saying, can I get an O-line? Like, it's not, you're not being a diva to have standards, period. Um so something else that it's, kind of, it's not real, well, it's kind of old news, but you know, since we only have our show a couple times a week and we haven't been having a lot of shows lately just because I haven't been able to do them. Um, and up until last week, I wasn't able to do them for really a couple of weeks, two, three weeks. We didn't have any shows. So obviously Tim Tebow, <laughs> Tim Tebow, uh, obviously with the Jags. Well, he still has to make the roster, but they officially are going to sign him. None of it, I think it was like $971,000 or something like that, probably a minimum, uh, was on his deal, one-year deal. 
none of it's guaranteed. Um, what that means, I don't know. I, well, obviously, it means it's not guaranteed, but I don't know, like, how does he get that? If it's, I don't know. I don't know all the ins and outs. Of I would like to learn that, though. So, But none of it's guaranteed. Um, there's a lot. Of, and I'll just kind of start here. I mean, I'm not going to get in too deep on this, but it is something I wanted to talk about because it's, you know, a topic uh, of relevance here lately. Um, there's a lot of toxicity around this topic, a lot of anger around this topic, a lot of, uh, yeah, just toxicity and kind of anger around this topic. People are salty about Tim Tebow getting this opportunity. Um, I'm trying not to go that way, although Tim Tebow might be the most privileged athlete we've ever seen, ever period. Like, obviously the dude was a legend at Florida. We get it. But he wasn't very, and if Spartan Barton's in the comments, you're a Florida guy, so you can probably get in on this. I'm curious to know your thoughts as well. He didn't do very well in the NFL. He could have switched over to tight end if, if, if he wanted to. He did not want to do that because he, nope, I'm a quarterback. I can do this as a quarterback. Respect. Flamed out, went from team to team. Finally, that was that. Then, you know, announces he's going to have a tryout. I'm going to go play baseball. Um, and 28 of the 31 franchises, I believe, 30, 31 franchises in the MLB show up to this workout. He, he goes to the Mets, makes it all the way up to AAA, I think he did. Never got to the league. That was that. Uh, a lot of people were irritated about him getting that opportunity. And I... And it's actually kind of the same, the baseball opportunity and this, it's kind of the same thing, the irritation. A lot of you are just like, he doesn't deserve this opportunity. The dude hadn't played baseball since he was in high school. The dude hasn't played in the NFL in nine years. The dude's never played at tight end regularly. Um, and so, I mean, point blank and simple, he got there, there's a couple reasons he got this opportunity and the other opportunities. This one specifically because the highlight of his, the apex of his sports career, this guy, Urban Meyer, was his head coach. So obviously he's going to get it, get him in the building. Um, and he probably thinks, Urban, probably thinks that just having Tim Tebow in the building as the motivational kind of inspirational figure that he is would be a positive impact on his team. Potentially has yet to be seen. There might be, and I'm going to get into that here in just a minute. So he thinks that could be a positive and he probably thinks, I mean, Tim Tebow is, you know, pretty bulky. He's a specimen. He's stiff as a board, but he's a specimen. He might actually be able to do this at tight end. Maybe. Um, and the dude lives two house, three, two, three houses down from him. Uh, down there in Jacksonville. And that area, again, it's where he went to college at, Florida, and it's where he's from. And I'm pretty sure Tebow always wanted to play for the Jaguars uh, back in the day, just never really got the opportunity. So I get all of that. I get the potential reasons for why Urban did this. I get it. Um, but does Tim Tebow deserve this opportunity? No, he's just no, he doesn't. Period. But I'm not going to get upset at Tim Tebow about this. Like, and I don't think people are upset at him. I think they're just upset at the situation. They're upset 
at the level of privilege that this guy has had over the course of his career. Um, I get the baseball one because as somebody who played baseball, I know there's people that would kill to have the the uh, the level of cameras and scouts at their workout that Tim Tebow had when he hadn't picked up a ball since high school. I get that one. And I get the tight end one because a lot of the resentment here is from former tight ends in the NFL, from former NFL players. They're like, why? What? And, and I'm telling you why. Because, again, and we know this, in business, and it's about who you know. And the dude that was the coach in, in the apex of Tim Tebow's sports career is the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's like, it's too perfect. He was going to do this. As soon as the news broke that this was potentially going to happen, I think most of us knew that all right, they're signing him. And I'll even go a step further. There's a lot of people like, oh, well, he still has to make the team. I don't even think it's going to be an issue. He's going to be on that team come game one this year. I promise. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't think it's as unlikely that he makes this team as people think, uh, just because if they've gotten this far already, I genuinely think they're going to give him a roster spot. I really do. Um, you know, again, does he deserve it? No, but will he probably get one? Yeah, probably so because it's Tim Tebow. And that's another part of this. People are kind of like mesmerized. Some is as mediocre after Florida, obviously, in their career. How How is he so polarizing? How is he getting the level of publicity and just hype that he gets everywhere he goes? Doesn't matter if he's in Denver. Doesn't matter if he's a minor league baseball player. Doesn't matter if he maybe gets a roster spot on the NFL level uh, with the Jaguars. It doesn't matter because that is the power of brand. That's all it is. Tim Tebow's a brand. Point blank and simple. It started at his days in, in Florida and, you know, the motivational speeches to the locker room. And, you know, obviously he was a great player at Florida, one of the greatest, you know, I, I think you could have a legitimate conversation, Trevor Lawrence versus Tim Tebow. Ironically, they're going to share the same uniform now. Uh, the greatest quarterback and greatest college football player ever. You can have that legitimate conversation. I'm going to lean tre uh, Trevor Lawrence on that one. Um, but it is a conversation. But uh, it's brand. It's the power of brand. Prime example here. You know, we've, we've all seen, um, you know, we've gotten the calls from somebody trying to sell you something. What do we do? We usually hang up the phone. I Half the time, I don't even answer it when I see a number like that. Uh, you know, we see the little ads on the bottom of our computer screens that, you know, people are trying to cookie you into buying something or going to their site. And the little X is just small enough to where you might even just click the ad, even though you're trying to click the X. Nike doesn't have to do that with their products. Apple does not have to do that with their products. Tesla does not have to do that with their products. The Lakers do not have to do that. The Yankees, the Cowboys, they do not have to do that with their products. They don't have to cold call you, try to sell you. They don't, they don't have to cookie you uh, into buying something from them. You buy it instantly if you're interested because that's the power of brand. You know, uh, Nike and, and LeBron, they didn't have to call me to buy the sneaker. They didn't have to cookie me into buying the sneaker. Hey, man, do you run? Do you walk? You, you work out? You, you walk around outside? Hey, man, we got this shoe over here. 
Just hear me out. We got this shoe over here. It might be perfect. You had to do that. It's got a Nike swoosh on it. I like Nike. It's got LeBron on the back. I like LeBron. I like his shoes. So I bought it. Play tennis in these and work out in these. And they're just kind of my, you know, walk around shoes. If I'm going to be kind of in a dirtier, dustier place, I wear these. Nobody had to cookie me into buying those. That's brand. And that's what Tim Tebow is. And that is why, if, if you continue to, uh, where did my pen go? Not there. Next time you hear somebody say, why is Tim Tebow, he's so mediocre. He didn't do anything really in the NFL. Obviously, there was that little bit of run there with the Broncos that one year. We get it. Skip Bayless will remind you of that till the day he's dead. Um, but outside of that, mediocre NFL quarterback career. He didn't make it to the big leagues in the minors. Respect, though. Got to AAA, I guess. Might I guess he did, but whatever. Why is he still get? Why is he so polarizing? And I'm telling you, it's the power of brand. And don't ever forget it. Don't don't. At next time you hear it, snow. We had this conversation. It's the power of brand. McDonald's, Nike, Apple, Tesla. They don't have to cookie you into buying their stuff. You immediately see the logo and you go get it. Star Wars did not have to call me and say, hey. We got this space movie coming out, laser swords, space travel, blasters. It might be pretty good. You might want to give it a look. I see that Star Wars logo. I'm in. I'm strapped in for two and a half hours. I'm getting my popcorn. I ain't moving. That's the power of brain. Uh, let's finish up here. Oh, actually, no. Let me, let me touch this real quick. We got like five-ish minutes. Let me touch on this real quick. So Julio Jones yesterday, get my stuff together. Um, Julio Jones yesterday received a call from Shannon Sharp. And uh, basically there was, while uh, they were doing Undisputed yesterday, Shannon Sharp calls Julio Jones because the topic was Julio, you know, potentially going to the Cowboys or whatever because I think he was seen wearing a Cowboy hat with somebody. And Julio Jones, essentially, live on air. And there was a whole discussion of, did he know he was live on air? Like, guys, Shannon Sharp has been on live TV for going back to his uh, NFL and CBS days. He's been on the air probably every bit of 15 years, maybe more. I mean, I remember seeing him on the postgame shows and the halftime shows on CBS I mean, when I was a kid. So he's been doing this a long time. He probably let Julio know, hey, buddy, about to be calling. We're in a little topic here. We're going to be calling, uh, just just so you know. I promise. And not to mention, Undisputed is one of those popular sports shows, period, across the board. If you get a call from Shannon Sharp around the time that that show is supposed to be on air, you're probably going to be on TV or they're in a break. But I, I, just trust me on this. Julio knew he was on TV, and he did not care. Just, I, I don't know why people act like he didn't know. Like I don't. Shannon Sharp would not have done that when he's been on live TV this many years. He wouldn't have done that. Um, he knows better. But Julio essentially said, "I want to win. I ain't going to the Cowboys." In a nutshell, that's what he said. So you can forget that. But it definitely raised the whole discussion all day yesterday, and will continue till something moves on this topic of. 
where could he go? Where's the best fit? And I saw something on Instagram. I don't remember who put it out. I thought maybe it was Bleacher Report Gridiron that put it out. I, I don't remember who put it out, but I saw it. And I, it was a couple of interesting things. It was basically, this is where Julio could go, and here's how it would benefit and why he would go there and blah, blah, blah. So the first one was the Ravens. And in a nutshell, was basically to give Lamar something that he's been kind of needing more of so far in his career with the Ravens, and that's just a, a star receiver. Yeah, obviously, Hollywood Brown's over there, but he needs somebody else, and obviously Julio's as good as it gets. Size, speed, I mean, all of it. He's the whole package. Some would say he's probably the best, and I probably would put him up there too. He's probably the best receiver in the game, period. Um, so Ravens, that would give them another star wide receiver. Best one Lamar's ever had to work with. Uh, Patriots, which that was a hot one yesterday. A lot of people think that he could potentially go there. Um, it would give Cam a great weapon, and it would also give, you know, after Cam, you know, is done in New England, and that Mac Jones, you know, assumedly comes up, that would give him, right out of the gate, a great weapon along with the other, you know, weapons, you know, some tight ends they picked up over the offseason, things like that. Uh, so Patriots would make sense. Uh, Titans, that's another spot that, because obviously there was a video uh, kind of surfacing right now, uh, Julio and Derrick Henry working out together. Uh, not to mention, I think there was some chat where Julio would potentially want to go there. They obviously would love to get him. That would make sense. That would kind of put, because Titans, after that run they had, obviously, to the AFC title game two years ago, they were supposed to be better after they gave Tannehill a long-term deal, Derrick Henry, all that. They were supposed to be you know, even better next year. They kind of flamed out a little. They got a little stale there in the end, and I think getting Julio Jones would put them right back into the conversation over in the AFC. So those were the three. Oh, and I also saw the Browns. I don't see that happening. You already got an issue potentially with OBJ being there just with too many mouths to feed. It's pretty obvious that Baker and Jarvis Landry have a better connection up to this point than Baker and OBJ do. So nothing against OBJ since there's too many mouths to feed and he probably needs to go elsewhere. But we'll see if that happens. So why would you add Julio to the mix? Now, maybe Julio would work and if you maybe swapped Julio for OBJ potentially. So I don't I don't I don't think uh, the Browns get Julio without giving up OBJ. Period. I, I I don't see that happening. So actually maybe Cleveland wouldn't be terrible, but I don't see that one. So I think Patriots, Titans are probably your two spots you're looking at um, for Julio Jones, who has made it clear he wants out of Atlanta. And I get it because really ever since they blew uh, that Super Bowl to the Patriots in 2016, I think it was, they just haven't really recovered. Um, they're not going to be good this year, in my opinion. I think you know a lot of people would say the Panthers are going to be the worst team in that division. Screw all of you. I think it's going to be the Falcons. I'm a Panther fan, so... Uh, I think the Panthers are extremely underrated, depending on what Sam Darnold ultimately does. So we'll see about that. Um, but yeah, Falcons are going to be the worst team in that division, period. And God, especially Julio Jones won't be there. So anyway, that's a show. Um, I will tease something that we're going to talk about on Thursday. Obviously, we talked about before how the ACC is going to be stacked this year, even more so than last. They have 13 starting quarterbacks coming back this year uh, in the ACC, which to me is just completely bonkers. Um, there are some key 
transfers that are going to be coming in. Two of those, in, in my opinion, the two most crucial ones are going to be McKenzie Milton out of FSU um, and Jack Combe at Notre Dame. You know, what are they going to look like? How are they going to contribute? I think they're going to be big keys to what those teams potentially do. I think FSU could take some major steps forward. They might be getting a new O-lineman, uh, the dude, I forget his name, that just hit the transfer portal for Marshall. I think FSU was his first stop to visit once uh, June 1st hits when they can do that. So FSU is potentially going to take – FSU, Georgia Tech, uh, they're going to take some major step forward steps forward next year. Uh, and I'm curious to see, again, Jack Combe, new guy at Notre Dame. I'm curious, I think he's from Indiana. We'll get into that on Thursday, kind of get into some more ACC football. Today was more NFL-based, but just stuff I had on my mind. Hope you enjoyed it. Glad you tuned in. Appreciate you guys uh, live. Appreciate our podcast listeners. Pre- appreciate uh, our sponsor, American Betting Experts, as always. Uh, and, again, you know, appreciate Chris Landry for making all this happen for us. Well, that's going to do it Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern time right here on ACC Tailgate on Chris Landry Football. Uh, We'll see you next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus